The fun thing about doing a show in supply chain is the more you learn, the more you realize how much more there's still left to learn. That's a lesson I was recently reminded of because of my next guest, whom I found on TikTok, educating his audience about a very specific topic, sustainable packaging. He's amassed more than 73,000 followers talking about sustainable packaging. It's kind of wild, right? Blythe Bramley with DigitalDispatch.io here, and today's episode has our guest Corey Connors of Landsberg Aurora teaching us a valuable lesson that no matter how niche your topic is, if you make it educational or entertaining, you can develop an audience. Hope you all enjoy. So for our next guest, I found him on TikTok, and he was educating his audience. We just talked about the power of educating your audience about a very specific topic. Well, this gentleman actually does the same thing for his audience and he does it covering sustainable packaging. He's amassed more than 73,000 followers on TikTok. His name is Corey Connors and he's in charge of sustainable packaging over at Landsberg Aurora. Hopefully I said that correctly. So let's go ahead and welcome in Corey to the show. Hi, welcome in. Thank you so much, Blythe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, so first question how the heck did you get into sustainable packaging? How do you pick that as a career? Well, first of all, I want to say um, that you said it correctly, Landsberg Aurora. I, I'm not in charge of sustainable packaging. I just am focused on sustainable packaging. Uh, I'm a, a packaging consultant. So thank you so much. I wanted to clear that up first. Absolutely. Um, I got into sustainable packaging very early in my career, I live in uh, Portland, Oregon, which is a very green, earth-friendly uh, area of our country. And so right off the bat, 19 years ago, when I started with Landsberg, uh, we, uh, they, they, my customers really pushed me into learning about sustainability. And uh, they eagerly wanted uh, recyclable, uh, environmentally friendly uh, packaging materials. And I had spent my first five years of my career uh, working at Warehouser making corrugated boxes. So I learned all about, uh, you know, uh, sustainable forestry and all of that uh, and how we actually make corrugated boxes. So it's been a great history there. Now, now what kind of products are are you working with? Is it almost just just anything imaginable or do you really focus on on more of a niche within sustainable packaging because i've seen some videos where like you you um test a wine bottle or uh you know some other types of products is is it really everything imaginable or do you do you focus more on a specific area I think that's the best part about Landsberg Aurora is we do provide all kinds of packaging for all kinds of companies. I can work with a small startup and a $10 billion company in the same day. Uh, we do industrial and retail packaging designs, and we can uh, help with vendor-managed inventory. I was just made a video about that. Things like that that other companies maybe don't do, uh, we'll step up and, and help be a real partner uh, with your packaging and help you with your sustainability goals in your packaging. 
Now, now when you start working with companies, are are they kind of like small businesses or maybe they're larger businesses? What what do they what does that process look like whenever you're starting to work with them? Do you have to go through an audit of all of their products first and figure out what makes sense? Um, is is I, I imagine there there's environmental uh, uh, suggestions probably with those recommendations as well. Is am I am I totally off the point here or? How does it, I no. guess, the process work when you're onboarding a new business? Yeah, it usually starts with one project. They have a uh, you know a pain point that they're looking to fix, and we come in and we analyze what they're doing, how they're doing it, how we can help them improve that situation. Whether it's uh, they keep running out of stock or uh, they're having fa- uh, damage or failures with their packaging systems. Uh, there are all kinds of issues like that that we can step in on a micro scale or we can look at the grand scale of business and say, you know, and do an audit. We offer audits for packaging and uh, generally those are no cost at at first, uh, you know, with the assumption that we will eventually earn the business. Uh, It's a a partnership thing and we really like to be good partners with our clients. But absolutely, it's like you said, it's across the board. We do all kinds of different materials and uh, can offer uh, automation equipment and, uh, you know, to brown boxes. So it's kind of all over the place. When does, because I saw a couple of your TikToks where you're actually testing the the packaging that you're, are, are you guys coming up with these different packages types uh, based on the product itself or are, are there solutions already out there and you're sourcing them? What does that process look like to even figure out what kind of package works and, and what doesn't work for your new customers? I think that's part of the, the, the best part of this job is people bring these new solutions to us, um, especially with my new podcast, Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. People will uh, send me their new sustainable packaging solutions. So I get to test them and see if I actually want to present them to customers. And then uh, so we do that was kind of a a joke video where I I dropped something from 12 feet in the air. But what's amazing about that packaging is called flexi hex. It's totally paper and it actually survived an 11 foot drop on to concrete, which was amazing to me. Uh, I couldn't believe it. A a real bottle of wine. I dropped it from 11 feet in the air, you know, (laughs) not a science, not a scientific study, but we do ISTA 3A standard drop testing and vibration testing and, uh, you know, uh, altitude tests or whatever is necessary for our, our customers. Uh, you know, you have to think of a package. If it's going over the Rockies, it's gotta, it's gotta be uh, able to handle that pressure or if it's going up in an airplane, uh, so these are things to consider that we and our designers uh, take into account when we're packaging new items. And so with, uh, you know, obviously the supply chain is, has hit mainstream news right now. How are you combating sourcing the materials for your packaging for your customers? Great question. And uh, we're not immune to those issues for sure, uh, but it helps to be part of a big company. We're a $3.8 billion company globally and uh, 55 locations in North America. So we do have some pull and we do, uh, when things do get allocated, uh, force majeure, uh, we are uh, at 
often at the top of the list to get those items. So um, I've been lucky to have no serious outages for my direct customers. Um, and that's taken a lot of planning. Uh, we've, you know, uh, worked with them to uh, plan ahead, you know, and we offer uh, uh, inventory programs where we can bring it in over several months and they will take it JIT and then we will backfill in advance of when they run out. So you also mentioned that um, with packaging, your your the logistics part of it is also really important whenever you're bringing in a new business. Uh, how does that, and especially with the process of how to actually fit it on a pallet, what does that process look like whenever you're speaking with a client and, and trying to figure out you know what kind of packaging? What, what does that process look like? And are they generally aware of the logistics challenges with packaging as well? Great question. I think a lot of customers forget about the fact that it needs to go onto a pallet. And uh, so we have programs uh, that will um, maximize the cube out for a truck or for a container um, so that they're not missing any space. Um, and there's certain things like if if you're stacking chimney stack pattern with your boxes, there could be significant damage. If you stack them vertically, um, and have the right stretch film or, or, or strapping, uh, your, your boxes will have a lot better chance. And you can even potentially down gauge the corrugated to save yourself money. So there's things like that that we're looking at that are going to help you be more sustainable and save you money and reduce damage. Uh, I always say there's nothing sustainable about returned product. Um, so we, we want to, uh, you know, make sure the items you're packaging and shipping are getting there safely. That's, that's really critical. And, and I think you bring up a good point because I was just listening to a podcast this morning that said that the majority of freight that is leaving the that is leaving ports in China, they're only about the containers are only about seventy percent filled. And so, for a lot of retailers, they need to be optimizing that space. And it sounds like they could be optimizing it even more in order to guarantee that they're going to have freight, especially for the holidays coming up as people start to panic more and more. But what about the smaller businesses that are, you know, maybe it's like a mom that you know, doesn't want to go into, you know, a retail location anymore to, to go shopping or even to work. Maybe she's starting up a little side hustle. At what point does packaging and, and thinking about, you know, maybe environmentally friendly, is that something that is attainable for a smaller business that, that can get, you know, that, that good packaging and that's also environmentally friendly? Yes, I, often get these kind of questions um, on TikTok. Uh, you mentioned that when you introduced me. I appreciate that. Um, we, a lot of companies, a lot of people started businesses during this pandemic and right. um, didn't know what to do with packaging. And it's always, well, I shouldn't say always, but it's oftentimes the last consideration when making uh, their items is, oh, how do we ship this? And how do we do it sustainably and environmentally friendly? Um, so I can guide people through and we can guide people through that process of, okay, these are some stock items that will work for you. You know, there's, there's materials like, uh, Ranpak Giami, which are paper options to replace plastic bubble wrap. And, uh, it's a stock item. You don't have to buy a truckload of it. You can buy a roll and, and it will protect your, uh, you know, the items that you're going to sell on Etsy or, or whatever 
retailer you choose uh, for your small business. Yeah, I, I, I saw one of your videos that I guess it was a, a customer that was selling scrunchie holders or something. And she used to use bubble wrap and a lot of it, but then she switched to this different kind of paper that like expands. And so she only has to use a small sheet of it now, which those, I mean, for small business owners, th- those little things add up, those costs add up. And if you can guarantee that your, your shipping or your, your product will arrive damage free, I think it's, it's a really good thing, especially if it's environmentally friendly too. Now, you, you work for a company that's that's been around for a while. What did they think when they heard of the growth uh, of your TikTok? Because like I said, you have 73,000 followers right now, and arguably it's a, it's a niche topic. But what did, you, what did the company think of a, you know, this new social media platform and how you know, people really seem to care about this type of content? You know, I'm really honored to work for Landsberg Aurora. I, I've been here for 19 years, and they were incredibly supportive. Uh, it's not something that I told them about when I first started um, because I didn't think it would be a big deal. You know, my goal was 10,000 followers. Um, but when it kind of started to blow up and people really were paying attention, they said, hey, we really like what you're doing. We like that you're spreading this message of sustainability because Landsberg Aurora is very sustainably focused. And we are, as a company, making major uh, investments in sustainable options and uh it's exciting part uh to be a part of that so yeah i was uh, pleasantly surprised yeah <laughs> that's always good because i mean you, you think about companies that have been around for a while you know some of them maybe aren't as receptive to to newer social media accounts especially one like tiktok that seems to have a lot of baggage on it but it's my favorite social media platform is how i found you and and now we get to hear yeah. you know more about cool cool topics like this what about the roi conversation does that ever come up or are they just happy that you're you're making content about their their type of products yeah, the ROI is uh, is is something to consider when you're making content. Um, it's incredibly important to me that I'm adding value to uh, my followers with every post, and uh, I think that's the ROI right now. Uh, eventually, you know, we could get sponsorships and things like that, which are starting to come. There, people are interested in sponsoring the podcast and uh, making sponsored videos on TikTok and. Uh, it's that's exciting too. It's exciting to be a part of this community of sustainable packaging. It's a real movement in the in the country right now and in the world. Frankly, it has to be uh, with the onset of extended producer responsibility, uh, which I'm not sure if you're aware of that, uh, but that is going to take hold quickly and change everything. Well, t- tell us a little bit about wh- what that is. So extended producer responsibility are laws that will require companies that manufacture or companies that use large volumes of packaging to, or any volume eventually, uh, to have a certain percentage of post-consumer recycled material in their packaging and make sure that their packaging is curbside or easily recycled uh, so that there, um, you know, there's and there's companies that are, are embracing this in advance of any laws. Uh, my friend owns a uh, recycling facility in South Africa that does PET bottles, and he said that the big companies are demanding uh, sixty plus percent post consumer recycled material in their new mm-hmm. bottles, uh, which is great. This is going to help uh, recycling. It's going to help the environment. It's exciting. 
And speaking of it, kind of the, the recycle angle to it, because you, you also share on your account ways to reuse products that you might already have in your house. One of my more favorite videos that you showed, which I, I took a mental note of, is that uh, the, the lid to Parmesan cheese bottles, you can actually use that on a mason jar and, and vice versa, a, a lid for a mason jar on the Parmesan cheese. But I, I thought that that was such a clever use of just taking a product that would have ended up in your trash and then using it for something else that's a little bit more uh, user-friendly, I guess, for, for lack of a better phrase. Are there any other <laughs> items like that that are out on the market that maybe some consumers might not know that you can reuse them in different ways? Yes, I think uh, it's exciting. And I have to give credit to my wife for that one. She told me about that. I, I hadn't realized the connection there. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but uh, she, she's an amazing uh, partner in, in this whole thing, too. She's helped me a lot. And uh, there are lots of products in your house that can be used for other things. Uh, peanut butter lids also fit on those same jars and can be used over and over again. Uh, people are constantly finding ways to use jars. You can take a, a baby food jar or any kind of jar and uh, screw it to the underside of a uh, shelf and then you can see in it what the what the contents are and easily oh. remove it by, by unscrewing it. And that's something that I, I learned from my grandpa. He showed me how to do that. And I thought it was really, really interesting to use packaging uh, in a new way. So that, that, I think that that's a great moment to, to end on is, is finding different clever ways. Instead of throwing something out at first, maybe just, you know, find another use for it within the house because that, that will reduce the amount of consumption or the amount of products that end up in the landfill anyways. So, so Corey, I appreciate your time. Where can folks follow more of your work, uh, your TikTok, uh, podcast, all that good stuff? Yeah, it's all on my website, uh, Corey Gated, C-O-R-Y-G-A-T-E-D.com. Or uh, at Corrugated on TikTok or Corey Connors on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm here to help. Uh, Landsberg Aurora is uh, uh, available to help with your sustainable packaging needs. Thank awesome. you. Th thank you so much, Corey. It was great insight to, to learn more about that, that different part of the logistics process. So appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon.